Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, it is Angie. What a fun show we're going to have. Beatrice Bruno, Drill Sergeant of Life, joining us via phone. Michelle Betts is here, Monique Davis, and also Stacy Voss. Stacy's been on the show in the past many times, and she's written a new book we're going to talk about as well, Reflecting Easter, uh, Living and Understanding the Resurrection. So welcome to all of you ladies. Good news, Hello. gals. Thank you Morning. for having me. Hi, friends. Okay, so Beatrice, you there, friend? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Uh, okay, we're kind of a half black white crew here, so I think this is kind of funny. So I can I can I can get the um, the truth on this particular uh, you know so many things that we're not allowed to talk about because it's not politically correct, right? So we walk around pretending we don't know there might be differences in in this case. This is a com- white comedian who's in a relationship with a black woman, and he's talking about going to a black church okay now as you know uh for many uh you know you came to visit me when i went to pastor morland's church before they moved and i have never felt more welcomed i did not know we would be the only white family he was my friend and so when i got to the church and i went in and i realized we were the only white family i felt like i wonder if people will want me here and i have to say i've never been more warmly welcomed and gotten so many hugs and so much love and felt so much kindness towards me and my children as i did there and then when my um when they um have to you have to stand up and pastor morland's very loud when he prays and so riley called it as you know the yelling church and then you know songs that go on and on and on that don't end and you thought they had an ending but they don't have an ending and they just get louder and you're like i didn't know the song was as long as the service at a regular church at my at my you know boring white churches so anyway listen to this when Mark has to stand up. So there is my six foot six tall, skinny husband, you know, the only white dude in the crowd. Uh, he is, I always say, looks like a giant pencil with hair, standing there with the <laughs> microphone, and every uh, person in the congregation is staring at him. And he goes, Hi, uh, my name is Mark, and I grew up a Catholic. And you non denominational people really know how to party. <laughs> At your church. <laughs> and then we all burst out laughing. He goes, you just really have a much better time than we did in the Catholic Church, and I'm sure glad I came. So then, you know, we stay for some time. But there became a discussion after we'd gone for a very long time that I think you'll find very interesting after we listen to this comedian, again, is a white guy who is, uh, is in a relationship with a black woman, and they now go to a black church. So the, he's talking about when he first went, the differences, and then we'll, talk, we'll discuss amongst ourselves and see if we think this is true. That's the only thing I don't like about being in an interracial relationship, man, is I'm, I, miss, I miss going to white church. I miss it. God, I had my whole day free back then, you know? God, black church takes forever. Why does it take so long? You know, white church starts at 10, 10.30, we're at IHOP, enjoying our breakfast. I think, I think I figured out why it takes so long. I finally figured out because, you know, 
when you, when, you go, when you go to church, white people, all white church, you know, we don't say nothing. You know, during the service, we shut up and we listen, you know? If somebody tries to talk when a preacher's talking, we tell them, shh, zip it, focus, okay? Two more songs, we're out of here. Shh, zip it. I remember the first time I went to a black church, I didn't know that it's okay to yell out while the preacher's talking. I didn't know that when, when black people agree with the sermon, you guys don't wait. You let it out right there. So I didn't know. So I was, you know, I was sitting in the church, you know, and I thought when they, you know, I'd never been first time at a black church. I didn't know. And I, I thought they were being disrespectful when they was yelling out because I was getting upset with the other people in the pews because I was just sitting there, you know, preach on it. Are you serious? You're just going to talk while he's talking? That's really disrespectful. Why don't you zip in and focus? It's 1.30. I'm ready to go home. Talk about it. Are you with him? What? You're allowed to talk? Are you serious? I'm going to say something. Okay, watch. I'm going to say something. Hoodie-hoo! <laughs> I hoodie you for Jesus. It's 3 o'clock. I want to go home. Another song? Are you serious? Why is she singing Alicia Keys? That has nothing to do with Jesus. You guys have a step team? The First Baptist Steppers? Come on, it's 6 o'clock. I'm starving. I ain't breakfast. A poet? A freaking poet. This is a talent show. That's the fourth time she caught the Holy Ghost. You can't catch it four times in one day. She's faking. I'm not paying another offering. I'm not. It's the third time. I'm not paying anymore. That's funny. That's funny. I like that. Okay, so with the thing my husband said one day, he said, I, I really like Pastor Moreland. He said, but... I don't know if I can give my whole day up for his church. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even realize it was that much longer until I realized we were getting out like 2.30. You know, and normally we get out of church at like 10.30, you know. And so then I realized, wow, this is longer. This is a lot longer. But my husband, you know, he has all these plans, like work on the garage and change tires. And he's like, hey, when we're still there in church, he's like all, he's all like fired up. All right, so what, 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 what do you think? It's all true. Every well, single you're one. really in trouble. You're really in trouble when they start bringing food into the church. Okay? Oh, when they bring prepared meals in, you know you're in trouble because you're going to be there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Okay? Ask, ask Sister Girl from Florida. She knows yeah, what I'm talking about. Listen, <laughs> listen. I, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. Oh. So okay. it there was, was no end time? There was no... We had um, Sunday school, church, YPE, all in one Sunday. So it was okay. like food is prepared in the back to eat between <laughs> services. And okay. it that just reminded me of Andre because we started dating in high school. And one Sunday he said, told his grandmother, well, I'm going over to Monique's church. But he had never been. 
Andre grew up Methodist. Okay. So when he came to my church, he kept looking. He was like, Is it ending? Why is everybody starting too? He's like, The song song keeps stopping. And why why people start stomping their foot and clapping for the song? (laughs) So after that, he was like, I'm never going to your church again. (laughs) It was all day. My church was like that all day. Yeah. All yeah. Day. So the kids in the church, we would be sitting there like, oh, Lord, is he is he almost done? Is he almost done? The pastor doing the service. And you always knew because he always broke his sermon down into points. And he would say, and thirdly and finally. And we'd be like, yes, <laughs> amen, let's get out of here. And then when we'd have the, um, the revivals, Oh you know, God. the revivals go on forever. And my mom was the minister of music, oh, yeah. so I was real happy to hear all the choirs sing and all that. But then there were the remarks. And you don't know how That's long it. the remarks are going to last. Every That's preacher got to get up. Right there, remarks. The, the final remarks, every pastor whose choir represented had to get yes. up and oh, make really? a speech. Yes. And really? some of them were long. And we'd be like, Lord, how long are these final, final remarks going to last? Oh, they Michelle, will kill a kid. What about testimony <laughs> service, Michelle? Oh, gosh. You oh, just Lord. Don't know. <laughs> okay, don't forget Sister Prucy. Sister would get up there and go back 10 years. And oh. now remember... When the Lord saved me, <laughs> and then he healed me, and then he healed my brother, uh, and then he healed my sister. And by the time she finishes, it's a whole nother sermon. A whole you know, nother sermon. You got to sit through. Mm-hmm. Sister Prusha. It's always a Sister Prusha. <laughs> Listen, there was, there was this older lady. My grandparents raised me, so it, there was a lot of older people in our church, and and she always stood up. And I understand now, but... When I was a little, I was like, can you just get to your testimony? She would stand up and always say, when I think of the blessings of Jesus and all that yes, he's done yes, for yes. me, my soul yes. cries out hallelujah. And then she hallelujah. shouted for like five minutes before her testimony started. I didn't yes. understand it yes. then. I would just be like, please, can you just. <laughs> and my grandfather, mm-hmm. he understood it. He had snacks in his pockets for us. See, that's nice. So we would all start congre- con- congregating around my grandfather, and he to would get his snacks. Yes, trying to testimony. That's the difference. Okay, I had that's no idea how true this was. You guys are true. cracking me up. That's the difference between going with your grandparents and going with mom, because granddad's got a little Werther's in his pocket. Mommy got nothing at the church, and she's okay. talking to everybody for 45 minutes oh, after church. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, can I please have 50 cents for a pop? That's what we used to say yeah, back yeah. then. And she's like, shh, I'm talking. Go on, y'all. Go on. Don't ask me for nothing. I'm just starving. <laughs> starving. Oh, Waiting to God. go to the buffet after. I'm telling you, when I saw that, I just was cracking up. I thought, we have got to play this for Beatrice. All right, there's one other story that I for sure want to share with you, and this is something I told all of you about that I that I wanted to talk about because – I think sometimes, uh, you know, in our politically correct world, we can't talk about things openly, which you and I talk about all the time, Beatrice. And it's just right, like right. you you told me, well, there's two, how much time do we have, Dave? I have a million things I want to tell you, Beatrice. <laughs> about nine and a half minutes. You can't leave town anymore. I got a million things I got to tell you. Okay, so this is, this is uh, a black couple who went on their honeymoon. And when they arrived for their honeymoon, uh, they were not able to have their honeymoon years and years ago. And now a group of kids has come together to bless them. And it's such a sweet story. But I want to talk about it because sometimes I feel like I'm oblivious to the difference in, you know, race relations. And that I always think the country's not as bad as the media says that it is. But keep in mind, my dad was a professor. And when when my parents were married, 
that, um, you know, my dad would have students over, and so we would have a living room full of people from all over the world that were different colors. So, like, to have black dudes from, like, Africa in our living room in Minnesota wasn't weird, you know, when I was a kid. It was like, it just that's how I grew up. So I wasn't familiar with a lot of lingo that is derogatory for people who are different colors because I didn't know there was a difference uh, in how people would be treated because of the color of their skin. And, I, you know, my stepmom's from Iran, and I was 12 when my dad married her. She was a student as well. And, you know, straight, you know, out of, you know, Iran, when the Shah of Iran, you know, uh, you know, had to flee, her family fled, and they're all here, and they're doctors and, you know, lawyers, very uh, well-educated, you know, family. I never thought anything was out of the ordinary for my stepmom to not be the same color as my father. Like, it was... I don't know. How can I say it? To me, I, it was so irrelevant. Like, I didn't know that there was a difference. Does that make sense? So then I think I'm kind of, obli- I'm kind of yeah. oblivious. So, well, you heard my dad when he, had, when he went to Missouri. It was the first time that he'd lived in a segregated town. And he said that the African-American kids, well, black kids as you prefer, but Beatrice, to, for me to refer to him as, mm-hmm. lived on one side of the tracks, literally, and then the white families on the other. And there wasn't electricity on that side. And then when he started the Boy Scout group and he tried to integrate the Boy Scout group, my dad starts to cry because he loved this little boy so much. And he was the little boy that wanted to be part of the troop, and they were, but they were all white. And so my dad had to fight a battle to get the black uh, boy into his troop. And he... He, you know, gotten a lot of hot water for it, but he didn't care because it was the right thing to do. And he still cries to this day when he talks about it because he didn't understand the injustice of it, like how he could not be allowed to be in my dad's troop. It's his troop. He can have whoever he wants in his troop. And so um, he, he said to me once, I think I told you this, he loves you, by the way. He said, um, if, if the world was blind, we wouldn't know we wouldn't know about racism. There couldn't be any. He said, because Angie, if a big black dude walked in the room, nobody would even know he was a big black dude who walked in the room. Mm-hmm. And so he, he right. raised me that way. So with that said, I do feel like I'm not sensitive or I'm oblivious sometimes to differences. And so I want to t- discuss the story after we hear it because you've, over our years of friendship, opened my eyes to things that I never knew existed. Okay. Take a listen. At the Mount Airy Resort in the Poconos of Pennsylvania, Reverend Gilbert Caldwell and his wife Grace are arriving for their second honeymoon. We're here, we're here, we're here. They were greeted warmly. How are you? A sharp contrast to their first visit 60 years earlier. In 1957, they were married in North Carolina, then drove eight hours only to be turned back for being black. How did they put it? Did they give you a reason? First, they pretended I didn't have a reservation where I actually brought a copy. And then, of course, they said, but if we said yes, our guests would be very unhappy. They had to stay at a black-owned hunting lodge instead. Men with these big guns. <laughs> Not what you were planning on for your honeymoon? Not what we were planning on. <laughs> Prodded partly by that experience, Gil immersed himself in the civil rights movement, working side-by-side side with Martin Luther King, Jr. Today, he speaks about the movement, which is how he ended up at Bear Tavern Elementary in Titusville, New Jersey last year. He told the honeymoon story, as he'd done a hundred times before. But for whatever reason, this group of fifth graders really took it to heart. At the end of the story, I was like, that's just terrible. It was really heartbreaking. I feel like this is the worst thing that someone could do to someone. Even months after the Caldwell's visit, kids like Emily Eshelman are still this affected. Which is why each fifth grader wrote a letter to Mount Airy. One said, The Caldwells made me think about not only standing up for myself, but standing up for others and fixing mistakes that were made in the world. In closing, the kids requested an all-expense-paid honeymoon redo, which they got.
makes me feel really good inside because we know that even though we're just kids, we made an impact on the world. It was really magnificent to know that kids cared that much. Oh, the rug feels so nice. I should mention that the original Mount Airy was torn down years ago. What a beautiful place. This is a new building with new owners who were just so impressed with the kids, they wanted to help make it right. Maybe was this worth waiting 60 years for? Obviously, <laughs> this does not make up for decades of racial injustice, but it's a step and a sign that we can get there. Steve Hartman, on the road in the Poconos. He said it makes me feel really good inside. What do you think, Beatrice? That's beautiful. That's, you know, and believe it or not, and you know I don't cry. That really makes me want to cry, that those children would see something in that, that man, you know, their, their teacher, their mentor, and want to do something so drastic. I think that if we in the United States would get back to the place where we cared about people, more stuff like this would happen. And that's just a beautiful story. And I'm, I just applaud those children for doing that. I do think things have changed. They, they most definitely have. But, I mean, I, the story is beautiful, and all the points that you made before the story came on were, were completely true, in my opinion. The children, they, they heard the story. They listened to what happened. They empathized with them and they decided to do something about it. The problem is yeah. nowadays, people tell their stories, and this happens to me all the time, and I, I get pretty fed up by it, okay? You say something that happens to you, and this okay. is what happens. People say, um, it's never happened to me. Well, I've never seen anything like right. that. I don't right. think like that. And so they dismiss everything mm -hmm. that's ever happened and to you. And that's what that's I don't want to be, right the to dismisser. Do. And on your Facebook page, I've learned a lot, and I know I'm that sounds crazy because you put stuff up, and I'm shocked sometimes, yeah. and I don't even know how to respond. Right, and you know what? Not knowing how to respond is, is, is na it's natural. It's, you can't possibly yeah. know. You know. Maybe you just don't, you don't have the experience, you don't know. But the worst thing to do is to tell me that doesn't exist anymore. Right, yeah. yes. You know, that's, that's right. It's like, how dare that's you? Right. Yeah. You can't dismiss my whole life. Yeah. Just like as I wouldn't dismiss a story of yours. Right. So I think the important thing that people nowadays seem to refuse to do because we're like on two sides of the, of the planet these days is they refuse to just take what people are saying at face value and, and sympathize with what they're saying has happened. It's always stop whining, you know, this is over. You know, when are you going to get over it? No. If something happened to you in your childhood or something is happening to you now, just because I've never seen it happen doesn't mean that it did not happen. It and doesn't mean that it isn't that. important to, to you. Exactly. And Beatrice, uh, tomorrow, is that right, Dave? We're going to have her on tomorrow? Yeah, right? tomorrow. Okay. Tomorrow, I have a story that I want to share with all of you that has to do with um, hate coming at a woman. Uh, she happens to be white, but I think that your story about when you were six, six years old and the neighbor lady, the grandmother, said to her granddaughter, you can't play with Beatrice because she's too black to be played with, that that right. statement mm -hmm. and how it molded you as a person and how it made you feel about yourself, I think that is going to be a really interesting conversation for us to have tomorrow. And then I wanted to say, mm -hmm. Hope is my middle child, and you know how innocent she is and very pure and very loving. Mm -hmm. She was assigned to this mm -hmm. book by her teacher, and her teacher has a black... Uh, her teacher at the time had a, uh, a black dad and a white mom and so she had given my daughter this book called uh, about Marian Anderson who was an African-American opera mm -hmm. singer and I read right. it with her and then my 
Cope seemed quizzical that anyone could ever be treated differently because of their skin color. And I went back to her mm. teacher and I said, this is the most pure and loving child. My other kids might be able to grasp this racism. She cannot grasp it yet. It is too hurtful to her. It really upset her that anyone would be treated differently because of the color of her skin. And I couldn't bring myself to make her believe that any of her friends would ever be treated differently. So I asked her if we could wow. have a different assignment because I wanted to shelter her from it because she was so upset by it. And so um, now Faith's been given the same assignment and she can handle it because she's my eight-year-old attorney. But Hope couldn't, I feel like, handle it because she empathizes so much that she feels other people's pain and she'll cry, you know. And so it's just interesting how we have to educate our children, but when they're ready might be a different time, you know. All right. Stacey right, Voss exactly. didn't get much to say in this segment, but she will when we return tomorrow. Uh, Stacey Voss, Reflecting Easter, Living and Understanding the Resurrection. Also, Monique Davis is here. Monique, give us your hair website. It's allhair.net. It's allhair.net. And Michelle Betts, give us your uh, your real estate website. Um, my email account is michelle.betts at porchlightgroup.com. And my phone number? You want to, oh, is don't. Okay? You're too cute to give out your phone number. Oh, no, I need the business. No. <laughs> I'm virtually winking at okay, everybody. I'll go give ahead. it to you next no, time. Okay, next time, next tomorrow. Time. Yeah. But you can always find all of my guests through me, <laughs> AngieAustinRadio.com. Beatrice, thank you. You're welcome. Great, right The good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassador. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, a small, big, medium. Yes, they'll bring the truck right on over. What's yes, the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. Yes, 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. You are special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... Arc. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave sitting in for Angie on Angie Austin and Friends. And uh, today we're going to bring back an old friend we haven't talked to, Ankit Shukla, for a while. Hello, Ankit. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm awesome. You know, uh, um, I don't know if you've heard, but I, I recently went through a very traumatic personal experience but now uh, everything seems to be going very much better and um, <clears throat> I mean uh, my son is literally a miracle so uh, I feel very fortunate to have that yeah no I, I remember you telling me about that enough. yeah that's definitely a devastating thing to go through but I'm glad it's uh, working out and things are looking better on the other side right and that's, and uh, so yeah. things are looking up for you too though from what I heard you uh, last time we talked um, oh, let me catch everybody back up um, We've talked to Ankit a couple times here on The Good News. Um, he's here the first time after his book, um, How to how to Not Live the Good Life, But Live the Better Life. Is that right? Is that how, did I say it right? 
Yeah, yeah. Don't live the good life, live the better life. There yeah, you go. I, uh, and and uh, yeah, you you wrote that, uh, and that was a that was a little while ago, and that was filled with some of our favorite quotes and some of those that you came up with, and um, we just really had a good time. Since then, we talked to you, and then a uh, professional wrestler, Dan. Yeah, uh, Dan, Dan Severn. Yeah, we Severn. were doing an event last Thank year. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing an event last year, which was a lot of fun. Actually, actually, a few events, and you know, great guy, fun to be with, and uh, what a you know, what a great personality. Good, good connections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, right, um, and then uh, so now that brings us around. And uh, last we talked, you were you were writing a new book, and you were hoping to get it published by a traditional publisher. Which uh, why don't we take it off from there? What happened with that story? Oh, absolutely. So actually, this. I'm glad you brought up Dan Severn as well, because actually this kind of dates back to then. That was just actually a year ago and, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. But during those events, actually, one of the people I met was actually a publisher um, that came out to see Dan. And, you know, we he, great guy. We really hit it off and we stayed in touch. And this particular book that I finished, it was related to my travel nursing career. I've been working on it for a few years and I kind of had a lot of start and stop with it. But, um, you know, over the summer is when I really, you know, put my nose to the grindstone and really said, man, i got to get this book finished. Uh, it's the perfect time to finish it. I just feel like my traveler's interior is coming to an end, and I soon, and I think um, I really want to get this book out. So I really started writing it vigorously, and then I, you know, contacted the, my friend who was a publisher, you know, who I met during a networking event, and, you know, he said, yeah, you know, when you're, it's almost done. Send us the information, and we can go from there. And that's what I did. I submitted it, and you know, they enjoyed. He enjoyed my writing, and he enjoyed my first book too. So he was definitely happy to take a look at it. And you know, the rest is history. They ended up publishing it. I got it published uh, this past November. Let's do. And you know, it, I owe it all to you know just networking and putting my name out there and just keeping you know just keep trying because you know just being in the right place at the right time to an extent. And yeah, so. You know, I'm really thrilled about it, and you know, it's one of those things. Once you're kind of in the family, you're in the family. It's uh, now I feel like I can write as much as I can and publish as many books as I can without, you know, having the fear of oh, how am I going to get this published? You know, that at least that weight is on my back, off my back, so I can focus a lot more on just writing and getting the books done. <laughs> that's really that's really awesome. I'm really happy for you. Uh, why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit more about that book? Now, you it's already published and it's out in mm -hmm. what in stores on Amazon, all those places. Yeah, I mean, uh, not not in too many stores yet unless they request it, but it's uh, available on Amazon.com. It's very easy to get to. Or also it's available directly through the publisher, if you don't mind, I'd like to tell you their name. Yeah. Um, Alpine Line Publishers is actually based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, so, um, yeah, AlpineLinePublishers.com. Uh, you can actually get a copy of my book directly from there as well as copies of books of many other great authors. That are that are part of the family. So yeah, Alpine Line Publishers or Amazon.com. You can pick up a copy of my book, uh, Going Global: The Life of a Traveling Nurse, is what the book is about. And you know, it's, it's something I'm really proud of. It took me a little while because I wanted to get make sure I get my story straight. But really, once I started working on it, it you know it was a lot of fun to write, and I'm really glad that it's out there now. Right, right. And, and now, before we get any farther, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, I mean, a lot of people get to travel, and a lot of people have done some things. There's a lot of nurses out there. Well, what makes your experience unique, and how, what are some of the things that you like to share through the book about this particular experience? 
Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, I put the reader in, in my own shoes and kind of give them an idea of what it's like to be a traveling nurse. You know, not just for, tra- not just for the traveling, but also just the work environment and everything. So, really, the reader is in my shoes. And for those, you know, aspiring nurses out there that are already in the field or want to get in the field, um, it kind of gives them an idea of what it's about. I paint it in a very positive light. Um, one thing I don't do in this book is it's not a hit piece. I don't throw people under the bus or, you know, talk about it really in a negative way. I might mention little things here or there if it relates to the story, but overall it's about all my positive experiences as a traveling nurse. Uh, I always like to keep it positive. And, you know, just really just a chronological story of my life since I've been a traveling nurse. Yeah, and how I kind of got into the profession in the first place. Well, that's awesome, and I want to let you know. Uh, um, so uh, we're talking to Ankit Shukla. He just came out with a new book, our old friend. Uh, he came out with a new book about his uh, traveling nurse experience, and you just mentioned something, Ankit, about uh, how you like to keep it positive. I think that's one of the things that really attracted to me, uh, attracted me to you and your first book in the first place is because here at the good news that's what we like to share we like to share the good news you know literally that we like to share the positive stories and how people have overcome things and where people you know sometimes people start from the lowest of the low and end up at the top and we like to hear those stories we like to share these people and how how they hold on to all the positive parts of life and really channel them into their experiences now uh you have obviously done that that's what you just described through um through your story about your book, now uh, can you tell us, maybe share with us on any of those, any of the more important stories that have maybe helped you in the rest of your life um, that yeah, you've I been mean, able to take from those experiences? Yeah, I mean, certainly when I first started travel nursing and, you know, the, just uh, a lot of this relates back to my first book about, you know, not living just a good life but the better life. But, um, you know, I remember, I recall when I first started travel nursing and, you know, I was scared because, you know, I had a pretty good thing going out in Arizona. I was at a good job, at a house, and, you know, things were going really well, but I just I just knew I needed more and there was more for me to do out there. I was pretty young at the time. I was in my mid-20s, and, you know, I just, I knew that if I didn't pursue something, even though it was kind of scary, even though I would be kind of giving up a lot of what I had, you know, really the comfort of home and everything. I knew that I, if I never did it, I would always regret it. I would always have something on the back of my mind. And so just the fact that, you know, even though, you know, you have to take care of a lot of business, you have to, you know, overcome a lot of different obstacles to get the ball rolling. And really I was on my own at the time and I had to really think about all the stuff I could do and, you know, contact the right people and everything to make sure I, I had all my affairs in order. And then just, at the same time, you know, finally starting the travel nursing gig, I, you know, just reminded me that, hey, you know, I'm always someone that even though I have reached a certain point in my life, I always know I can have more, whether it's good or bad. I can always keep going and keep going for more. You know, I can't, I can't ever just settle for where I am in life, just settle for good. I always have to live better. So that's one of the stories that reminds me of that. And, you know, just overall, just the different people I've met, the routes I've taken, just the fact that I've been able to see so many historical sites around the country that, you know, I may not have, a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to see, and I may not have had the opportunity to do and see if I wasn't in my particular field. 
Sure, sure. I know that uh, when I, whenever I think of healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, and stuff like that, it doesn't matter if you're a nurse in a ICU or if you're a home health nurse or if you are a traveling nurse, I think you sacrifice a lot of yourself because really your whole point is to help other people. And I want to let you know that I completely appreciate that, and I thank you for that sacrifice. However, you never really think about all the good things you get, like you get to travel across the country, you get to see Washington, D.C., you get to see wherever Boston, you get to see all these other places where a lot of people are, you know, can be stuck in an office and you can feel so down in a rut and it can be so easy to feel like, oh man, I'm never going to get out of here. But, and then I think that's like this message that I see through a lot of just what you say, but also just through the things that you write about. I really love this message of, hey, you can get out of this rut and hey, you can do anything that you want. You just got to keep trying. Oh, absolutely. And you're going to fail a lot and, you know, uh, you know, which I, do on a regular basis still. I mean, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things you just keep going no matter how hard it gets. You know, of course, you got, you have to rest. You have to rest your mind and body. But, you know, at the same time, you got to keep your goals and your focus and you got to work daily towards them. Uh, and, you know, you got to, and I, I truly learned that, you know, if, if I truly want to do something, I'm going to do my best to overcome whatever obstacle that comes in my way, you know, like with the travel nursing or my writing or whatever I may be doing. I, But when uh, I think I want to do something, but I guess I don't really want to do it, it, I just feel like every little problem that comes up is a roadblock and I just don't want to overcome it. So I kind of use that as a good indication. I think I know myself best and we all know ourselves better than anybody. You know, no matter how much anybody tries, no one's going to know ourselves better than we do. So I really use that as a good indication that, hey, you know, if I'm going after something, if I'm truly willing to overcome any obstacle that gets thrown my way and, you know, come up with, you know, any solution to a problem, to, or, you know, a, pro- a solution to any problem, then, you know, it's something I truly want to do. If I'm just, otherwise, if I'm just deterred by any little problem that comes up, you know, it makes me realize that, hey, this is not something I really want to do. And, you know, I'll redirect my route a little bit. So, you know, in that instance, you know, I'm not saying it's okay to quit, but I think it's okay to reroute yourself a little bit if you feel that the path you're going on is not what you actually wanted to be on in the first place. Right, right. And we've actually been talking a lot this week about enthusiasm here on The Good News and about how important Mm -hmm. enthusiasm is just for life and for yourself and for your family and, you know, just for it's for everything. And uh, Angie actually told me a pretty uh, quote that she, I don't know if it was actually from... Winston Churchill or not, she said it could be from Winston Churchill, but that he said um, enthusiasm is, no, uh, success is moving from one failure to another without losing an inch of enthusiasm. Yeah, And I think that's kind of what you just said a little bit. Uh, Sometimes we have to readjust what we say, and sometimes we have to accept that we have failed at something. And I always like to think that, you know, anybody who's good at anything has failed at it more times than I've even ever tried. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I yeah, I think that was a Winston Churchill quote, and I'm just like uh, saying that, you know, there's another quote I'm thinking of, hey, the master is someone that fails more times than the beginner has even tried, yeah. or, you know, whatever however the quote is, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I just, I think of you, and, you know, you, I know you recently went through something, you know, in your life that created a lot of turmoil and negativity, and, you know, that could have really brought you down big time, and I just see that you're, you know, still living positively and still, you know, keeping... You're keeping strong and you know keeping a smile on your face, and you know that's something I want to commend you for too. Right. Because you're, you're someone that's 
you know, gone through something really difficult. Something that I've never gone through, and I hope I never have to go through. And you know, you're still keeping up, you know, positive mindset and really keeping your head on straight for sure. Well, I really appreciate that. I also hope that you never have to go through it. Um, although yeah. it's weird, it's this weird conflicting feeling about how. I'm actually a better person now because of it. I'm actually a more hopeful person now because of it. I have a more positive outlook because my son got cancer. I appreciated oh, Christmas more. And I know that it sounds oh, weird. I know that it sounds weird. But, uh, you know, if he hadn't got cancer, we would have just, I mean, yes, I would have loved my kids. I would have loved my wife and I would have had a great Christmas. But I'm not sure if it would have been the same. And not that oh, I'm yeah. thankful that I went through this, but I'm kind of thankful that I went through this. So it's a really weird conflicting <laughs> uh, thing. Um, but, uh, you know, like I, like in the face of adversity, we, that's when we find our, our biggest achievements. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, no, I, that, but I mean, that makes total sense. Cause, yeah, you do appreciate it a lot more and, you know, yeah, you go through something, you know, I, I recently, I, I didn't have any like health problems, but I, you know, I could feel that, you know, recently that, Hey, I, if I didn't change certain things about my lifestyle, uh, you know, that I could go down a really bad road, you know, Hey, I'm you know, not in my 20s, you know, I'm in my 30s now, and I, you know, I can start feeling the health effects of, you know, going for long hours without eating or sleeping and just kind of on the go, 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 not eating a proper diet, not exercising regularly. And, you know, I just felt like, oh, wow, you know, I really start feeling the health effects of that. And now, I, you know, I really appreciate more that, you know, hey, time with family, time with those you love, time exercising, time eating good food, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. So, I mean, it's um, it's something I learned, you know, kind of the hard way last year that, hey, you know, if I want to accomplish my goal, if I want to live a long time, I really have to make a lot of lifestyle changes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, we yeah. want to maximize our time, too. You know, if you never take the time, then you'll never have the time. Absolutely. So uh, we only have a couple minutes left here. Um, so I want to get to your next projects coming up. I know you mentioned that you had a podcast that maybe somebody might be interested in listening to. Also, uh, if there's any new books on the horizon, and then also where everyone can get the book again and how to get a hold of you, just in case they want to hear more of what you have to say. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I do have a, a new show that I do. Um, it's, uh, it's actually through a station called Artist First Radio. And um, I do a show called uh, Live Better Daily, um, which I basically, you know, discuss living the better life, the concepts that I discuss in my first book. And I also interview guests who I believe exemplify the idea of living the better life. Actually, just this morning, I got a chance to interview uh, Frank Shamrock, another MMA legend, which I was really thrilled about. And I just, uh, you know, I just interview a lot of people on a regular basis who have gone through some, you know, great tragedies in their life and come out on the other side even stronger um, so that show airs every second and uh, fourth Tuesday of the month. So there will be a show tonight, actually, and also then two, uh, a few weeks from now, the second, whatever the second Tuesday in February is, will be the next show. Um, so, yeah, definitely it's a 5%, oh, sorry, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Pacific Standard Time, sorry, and then 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So Mountain Time would be about 6 p.m. Uh, is where the, where the show airs. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really proud of that show, and I have, have definitely have a lot of big plans of it. Hey, I hope to have you on a guest on the, as as a guest on there someday. You you know, just to return the favor for you, uh, you've had me on a guest as a guest several times. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I have big plans for the show. And I may eventually do it, start doing it weekly. It kind of depends on how things go from here. Um, as far as my other writing projects, yeah, there's more books I plan on writing. 
um, related to my nursing career. There's actually a book I'm planning, hopefully, that I'll be able to complete in a couple of months. It's uh, actually where I'm collecting a lot of various stories from different healthcare workers and kind of piecing that together in one book. You know, each chapter is going to be another, you know, a different story that from a healthcare worker's perspective. Um, also, you know, I write, I've been writing a lot of short books, short stories that, you know, just specifically for Kindle and Nook, those types of things. And, you know, eventually, you know, once I have enough short stories, that might, you know, turn into a hard physical book as well. So definitely a lot of writing projects on, on the horizon. Now that I'm, you know, involved with my publisher, you know, I just feel like I can write a lot more and, you know, write a lot more regularly and not have to, well, I know, way to, you know, think, thinking of how I'm going to get things published on my mind. <laughs> I know taking that yeah. pressure off would probably help, probably help a lot. Oh. I know it's helped some of my other friends that are published too. Um, oh, anyway, Ankit Shukla, um, I'm please remind me of the title of your book. Oh, absolutely. So um, my first book, Don't Live the Good Life, Live the Better Life, is my first book, available on Amazon.com. Also, uh, Going Global, The Life of a Traveling Nurse, that's available also through Amazon.com or... Uh, uh, alpinelinepublishers.com based out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, also, everyone can follow me on my website. That's ankitshukla.org. That's A-N-K-I-T-S-H-U-K-L-A.org. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for stopping by again, Ankit. It's really good to talk to you, and I'm sure I'll be talking to you again soon. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. Hi, it's Angie. My favorite vacation spot in the world has a deal for you. It's YMCA of the Rockies. It's their 110th anniversary at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they're offering lodge rooms for $84 per night. My whole family stays in one lodge room. That deal is through the end of December and includes two free breakfasts every morning. And here's some of the things that are included. Some of these cost a little bit more, but most of them are free, like the roller skating, swimming. There's a Nordic center. It's a little extra for rock climbing. You can learn how to do archery, horseback riding at Snow Mountain Ranch. The s'mores and the campfires are so much fun. Oh, sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's movies and we see this guy called the Mountain Man. My family loves this spot. We go at least twice a year and we will be enjoying this offer ourselves as well. Again, it's the 110th anniversary. YMCA winter deals, 84 bucks for a lodge room. A family of five can sleep in one of these lodge rooms. And again, two free breakfasts per day. Check it out, ymcatherockies.org. Dr. Joe Arve is here, and uh, Dr. Joe has a passion for getting people healthy. Dr. Joe, you are uh, on your phone, so I just want to apologize if people hear that's probably just the wind kind of ruffling there in the uh, in the phone. But um, Dr. Joe just had a big event helping people get healthy. But we wanted to focus on one of the things he does like every day, and that is help people with pain if they're recovering after a car accident, if they have pa- back pain. So in addition to his passion for health, he's also helping people uh, to, uh, you know, with their pain. Welcome, Dr. Joe. Yeah, thank you. I mean, since the crazy ice storms and, and snow we've had, you know, people have just have been in fender benders. They don't think it's a big deal. Or they've, you know, been in a car accident and they went to the hospital and told they were fine. And yet one week, two weeks, sometimes six weeks later, they have these headaches and they don't know where they came from. Or they oh, got really? Neck pain or back pain. And so we find that when I, someone comes in as a patient, I suppose, well, have you been in any accidents lately? 
Um, they're like, oh, not really. But then we look at their examination, we look at their x-rays, and it points back to that. So, again, if you're in pain, you're going to have a hard time getting healthy. Your body can't metabolize like it wants to. So if anybody's been out there, has been in an accident the last month or two, and they find that they're not getting better, they're getting worse, they can't get to the gym like they want to, they're not sleeping like they want to, they're getting headaches and neck pain, you know, they owe it to themselves to come in for a free consultation. Let me sit down with them, see what's going on, look at their health history, and see what I can do to help them. All right, so in terms of, uh, you know, what they, so they give you a ring, you come in, I've been into your office, so is it similar to, a, you know, a regular patient like myself who is, you know, obviously in tremendous physical shape and isn't in any pain? Is it a kind of a similar thing? Well, yeah. Well, basically, have you fill out an application to see kind of what your health history is, look and see what your life has been like, if there's any accidents, slips or falls on the ice, any accidents as such, then we'll have a consultation. I'll ask you what's going on. And if I can help you, then we'll go ahead and do an examination. We'll go ahead and get x-rays, whatever we need. But, again, the consultation simply to talk to you is no charge. Okay. And, and they call we, your phone number, 303-349-6011. Look at that. I've memorized it. 303-349-6011. Exactly. That's sad yeah. when I've worked with you so much that I've memorized your, <laughs> your yeah, number. Yeah, they can call me or text me. You know, 303, like you said, 349-6011. And Our, you don't have to hurt. You don't have to hurt. You know, another thing, too, um, people have referred uh, people to you uh, specifically uh, because of sports injuries as well. My son uh, had something going on, and his trainer uh, came to me, and he said, you know, a lot of people underestimate the abilities of chiropractors. And he said, I am the biggest advocate for chiropractors, he said, because I train athletes, and that's specifically what they do, strength and agility training. I go, oh, no, you're singing to the choir in terms of me understanding, you know, the benefits. And uh, he sends all of his uh, athletes uh, when they're injured uh, to see a chiropractor, and I think this is your specialty because you've worked with Olympic teams. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing is your brain runs everything. Well, you're trying to heal, play a sport, do the best you can. Your brain runs it all. And if those pathways are getting shut down because of the spine, you're not going to perform, you're not going to heal, life's just not going to be good. So when we open up those pathways, people win gold medals, the Colorado Rapids are healthier, therefore they win championships, they balance hormones, people lose weight, babies stop having colic, it's just they get healthy. And so and people who've been in car accidents, whiplash, they get better. And so, and again, our approach is we always work for the patient. We don't work for insurance companies. We don't work for the, the corporate. We work for the patient, for the patient. to get them well. You know, fine. you know, it's interesting. Just to, coincidentally, one of my girlfriends is here. Who uh, her husband played and uh, for the NFL for ten years. And you're nodding along with everything Dr. Joe's saying. Um, yes. Hi, Dr. Joe. My name is Monique Davis. My husband is Andre Davis. He did play, and he sees the chiropractor religiously. So it's it's just I can attest to everything that you've said. It's been that's one of the treatments that the neurosurgeon has um, prescribed him to. Oh, have I'm on a happy to hear that basis. on a weekly basis. Weekly basis. I'm happy to hear yep. that. Well, Doctor Joe, I think yep. that uh, the world is coming around because when you can when you can find healing and you can find your pain relieved. Uh, through uh, non-surgical methods uh, at first, if possible. It's a beautiful thing. All right, 303-349-6011. Yes, that is Dr. Joe's actual cell phone. You can text him and let him know you'd like to speak with him if you're in pain, if you've had a car accident, if you've had an injury, and he can help out. Uh, I cannot speak highly enough of Dr. Joe and his abilities. He's a wonderful man. Thank you, Dr. Joe. And he's a Christian, too. He'll pray with you if you want. Watch out, watch out. Okay, yeah. Hey, have a great day, guys. Thanks so much. Bye, Dr. Joe.
Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.